In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Thank you for you have gathered us again today to lift us up with the understanding of your word and to help us to do the duty we have in your presence as priests of God. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, can we take our seats for a moment? I just want to share something briefly and then we'll stand up again and we'll continue to pray. All right, the Lord is good. Let's open our Bibles again to the book of Luke chapter 18. Uh, something we have read many times, we just can't um, read it enough. He said, now he was telling them a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. Saying, this is a parable. In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in that city. She kept coming to him saying, give me legal protection from my opponent. For a while he was unwilling, but afterward... He said to himself, even though I do not fear God, uh, nor do I respect man, yet because his widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now with the, he said, will not God bring about justice for his elect? Now notice this, who cry to him day and night. That is, Jesus expects them to cry to him day and night. And he said, will he delay long over them? That is, before he answers them, like this unjust judge was taking time. He said, I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, what was he saying to us? What hinders whether God will answer or not, is whether faith will be sustained in the hearts of the people. But what I want to just emphasize to us again is that they said they cried to him day and night. And I started by saying that this parable was told to them to show that they ought always to pray and not to get tired of praying. The concept is that if, if he's saying that um, you shouldn't get tired, I say all the time, the Lord never commands concerning what's would not come. I mean, what am I going to say? If he says that shall not steal, it means that stealing will come to you naturally. Are you getting my point? And if he, that's why you never hear him say that shall eat. He knows people will eat. That way, he doesn't ask you. You understand? It is what you are not supposed to eat that he will start telling you about. You understand? That is, he understands that there are things that come to people naturally. So it will be natural, therefore, for people to lose heart. That's why he was telling them, "Don't lose heart." Why would they lose heart? It is because sometimes. Answers will appear to be delayed. I've said to us again and again that even though it appears to be delayed, it is because it's not really delayed. Things are going to occur in the appropriate time. What happens is that there are things going on behind. I've heard a story of a Chinese, of the Chinese bamboo that you say you will, I don't know the details, you have to nurture it and take it away for a number of years. And then when it starts growing in weeks, it will attain great heights. Why? Because the Bible says the remnant of the house of Judah will first take what? Roots downwards. And then they will bear fruit upwards. That's how it is. So, now that same thing occurs with prayer also. There is a process in which something is being done in the background. You understand? And that is why we must not lose heart. You know, we just have to obey the words of the Lord Jesus directly. When he says, men ought always to pray and not to be discouraged. There are times that things will happen that we want to discourage us. He said, what do we do at such times? 
we continue to pray and not get tired. Now, what we have been doing in our school of prayer is to learn how to pray. You know, sometimes people spend energy and it appears as if God is not answering. And it's because he said, this is not the kind of thing I expect you to spend your energy praying about. Are you getting my point? Yes, there are things. That's, that's, that's one of the things we've been trying to explain over time I mean, when we've been teaching like this. There are prayer points he did not give to us. For example, Lord, you will provide me with a job, you will provide me with a job, you will provide me with money, and you continue praying about that is not Christian prayer. Jesus said, those are the things that are what? Added. There are things that are added. It's Gentiles that pray in such a manner that you will sit on that same subject every time. He said, but you, what are you supposed to do? Your prayers should be centered around the fact that you are seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So when Christians are praying, therefore, their focus is on God's kingdom. Their focus is on his righteousness. First of all, most importantly, in their lives. That's why then we talked, we talked here about what I call the most important prayer. That is, the kingdom of God in me is how well am I conforming myself to the nature of Christ that is inside me. That is the primary thing. So I like to tell the story all the time. Uh, ben Carson's story. As a little angry boy, one day God let him see it, that you will go to prison. It was clear. This is your anger. It will not work the righteousness of God. It will land you where? In prison. How did it happen? I mean, there was a time he was so angry, he almost punched his mother. Thank God his brother was there to catch his hand. He had lifted his fist against his mother. You understand? Which is a very terrible sin. That one is worse than going to prison. It is God that will send you somewhere else. Are you getting my point? <laughs> he had lifted his hand against his mother. His brother caught his hand. And then one day he took a knife. His friend of, a friend of his did something that he was angry about. Not something very serious. He just took a knife and sank it in the boy's stomach. You understand? What did he, what, what, what saved both of them was that the boy was wearing a belt that had a big buckle. So the knife hit the buckle and then it broke to show you the amount of force that he used. The knife hit the buckle and broke. That boy was so frightened. Like, what did I say to you that caused this? The boy ran away. Ben Carson himself ran away. He ran home. What was he saying? My life is over. What was he saying? This is how I would have gone to prison. If this boy had been injured, even if he did not die, I would have gone to jail. Are you getting my point? And for all the disadvantages around in his life at that time, that would have worsened things for him, worsened things for his mother, his family. But he ran home and he went into a literal closet and hid there, begging God, this anger, you have to help me with it. By the time he came out from there, the spirit had come upon him. The spirit of anger had been removed. And the man got a nickname later on in life. They called him Gentle Ben. That's what we mean by our prayer points being how the image of God is being produced in our lives. Are you getting my point? Let's never forget it. That's what God says we should be pursuing. You see, sometimes we are, in fact, one of the prayers we're going to pray today hmm, for ourselves is that you will pray. <laughs> you know, we said something and we're going to practice it. We're not, for the next of the year, we're not asking God, I need a bigger house. You said that one in January. You heard it that time. God, I need a promotion. You said that one in February. Yeah, you heard it that time. You said to him in March, I need to get married. He heard you. In fact, he has prepared a very good wife and a very good husband. And in fact, he has hired, a, he has rented a, <laughs> a hall for your reception. So he heard you. Don't worry about it. Okay? Now, what are we going to pray about? If we have to pray for ourselves, we're going to do that today. One thing we're going to pray is that God, because this is a matter of fact. The Bible says that they tempted God in the, in, in, in the wilderness and limited the Holy One of Israel. 
Many times what God wants to do, we are the ones limiting it. So that's why it's so important for us to pray. Lord, whatever limitation I have placed upon myself. Are you getting my point? Now, can I just say this again? No human being is limiting you. Let's get it clear. Tell every Christian, no witch, no body, no physical human being can limit any believer in Christ Jesus. It is not possible. Only people say, there's a war against, we're supposed to do a radio program, war against destiny destroyers. No, really, I seriously want to do that thing. Just that I've not gotten enough encouragement from all of you. We will advertise it. Radio seminar on the air. 45 minutes every day for three days. Join us on one FM or the other from 8.30 to 9.10 or from 10 o'clock. No, that has to be a night service. <laughs> if you do it, it's not so powerful. It's when the demons have woken up from their slumber. That's when you start your fight. So you say 11 o'clock. Apostle, it's not 40 minutes again. All night. Okay, okay. Let's just do it for two hours from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. On air. Maybe we'll go to the studio. Live. We'll get a number of prayer warriors. War against destiny destroyers. You can be sure many people will be ready. Behind their neighbor. Say, this is my neighbor. Pastor Bank is leading me in war against you. Then we will now start. What are the destiny destroyers? Today, our number one destiny destroyer is impatience and anger. We are going to destroy them tonight. Everybody begin to destroy anger in your life, in the name of Jesus. Ah, we will pray for, you know, they will follow you for the first day, thinking that the hot one is on the third day. <laughs> so if we, are, if we are going to go and do our seminar on destiny destroyers, that's what we are going to face. The destiny destroyers for the Christian is inside him. It's inside her. It's not outside. So when we are saying, look, you will pray and say, Lord, whatever be the reason why I've been on one spot. It is not as if you are looking for somebody else or one circumstance outside. No, that's not the issue. The issue is that every point in life, God is trying to correct us. God is trying to teach us. God is trying to bring out something about Christ that's deep inside, that he placed inside there. He wants it to take over our whole soul so that it will manifest in our everyday living. Do you understand my point? That is what he does. If you see Israel, he told Israel at that time, look, I am going to leave all these people. Some of you are supposed to drive away. There will be constant irritation to you. What was he saying to them? If you disobey me, they will trouble you. All the nations around Israel, sometimes they will get very strong. God was not surprised. The strength of their enemies, all right, was dependent upon their weakness in their relationship with God. That was why God was angry with the fact that they asked for a king. They, at that point, I think the king of the Ammonites, at that point, was threatening them. So instead of going to say, God, what have we done? What is the problem? They decided that the problem was that they did not have the right connections. The problem was they did not have the right amount of money. The problem was that they did not have the right, they, didn't, they were not born in the right country. Therefore, they decided. So they came to Samuel and said, look, arrange these things for us. And that in, that, in their context, was a king. And it worked, but only temporarily. It did not give them permanent deliverance. After a while, they returned back into the bondage that they got a king to drag them out of. That was the problem. 
You understand? So that's why God was angry with them that you are not recognizing that I'm your king. You are not recognizing my power over the nations around. If you did, you will have asked yourself, you will have asked in prayer, why am I being oppressed by these people? I will have told you it is because of the iniquity that is in the midst of you. I hope you're getting my point here. So when Christians want to pray, that's why Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his righteousness. Don't seek first the things that he adds. You will seek his kingdom. Jesus said, if I by the finger of God cast out demons from, from amongst you, then the, this, what, what did he say? He said, then the kingdom of God has come in the midst of you. What was he saying, therefore? That I am the personification of God's kingdom. So that is why, we thought that here more than 10 years ago, quite a while ago, what I call them, um, um, is it um, training to reign? The first of the series was on the kingdom of God being bested inside me. And that is a prayer that Christians focus on for themselves. I've said it here before also, that you can be, you can be born again in an area and not be born again in another area. That is true. You can say, but I'm born again, yes, you're... You, as an individual, you are. Amen. Thank God for that. But some people are born again. Their thoughts about finances is not born again. Their thoughts about marriage is not born again. Their thoughts about business is not born again. Their thoughts about <laughs> most country, most Christians in Nigeria, their thoughts about government is not born again. Their thoughts about election is not born again. They still reason the way people of the world reason. What does it mean to be born again? It's simple. In fact, I think this modern day is the best thing to teach the Bible. Because there are so many things you can use to explain. What does it even mean to be born again? It means to have your, to have your hard disk formatted. And install an up-to-date operating system. Christ OS. Are you getting my point? Before you were using World OS. You now take your hard disk, wipe it off, and install a new operating system. And it's called Christ OS. And then you start putting application software on this general operating system. You learn Christ, uh, Christ app in finances, Christ app in marriage, Christ app in no raising children, Christ app as a citizen. So many people, you know what happened? <laughs> they went and reinstalled. God gave them the new OSO. <laughs> then they went to their neighbor, say, you want to make it in business? Yes. Take this one. I want to show them how the world runs. So they now are running the world's um, application software on Christ OS. So you are one, <laughs> the computer is always hanging. That's what happens. So that's why I said they are not born again in many areas. They've, some, as they are, <laughs> there was one lady I read the story about. She was a witch. I don't mean, I mean real witch. When she gave her life to Christ, demons kept on attacking her. The lady that preached to her and delivered her, after a while, that one got confused. Like, ah, how come we don't have the victory? They were, they were praying with visions. They will see a vision that the roof of the house is open. They will start closing it in prayer. Roof will command it to close. The demons will run away. Then they will come in from under the door. Ah, they will see it in visions. That the, the door, under the door is leaking. Demons will be running through there. After a while, she got confused. That, <laughs> now I look back and I say, the demons are the ones giving them the visions. Amelia Spirit was confused. They were confusing them. After a while, she, so she told the lady, wait, 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 wait. Something is not right. So she prayed. This time around, the Holy Spirit just told her something. She now confronted the lady. That the Lord said, you have not renounced all your powers of the occult. She had given her life to Christ, though. 
but she had not renounced all the powers of the occult that she had. She didn't deny it. I've given my life to Christ, but I held my okbo. You know what they call okbo? I've kept it somewhere. The lady was shocked, like, what? Why would you do that? <laughs> So that's her last line of defense. <laughs> so I don't be praying since she's waiting for the demons to come in. She will have risen like a mighty warrior by herself against them. I know these people. I know what works against them. So she held on to the power of the occult that she had, even though she had given her life to Christ, waiting to use it to fight the evil spirits. Her enemies that will come at. She was a witch, literal one. She actually rose to a very high rank in witchcraft. Ah, the evangelist woman said, "No, no, it doesn't work like that. Oh. This thing doesn't work like that." I'm not praying again. If you want victory, first thing you will do is renounce everything. You think she agreed? It took I don't know how long, maybe days of meditation and prayer before she finally, finally came back to the lady and said, "Okay, fine." I let it go entirely. That was when she got true deliverance. Because as long as she held on to something that the devils gave to her, they kept on coming back. You know, that's what we're talking about. The young man you, you, you were counseling, you went and stole money. You want to now liquidate the business from 409 money. You sell all of the assets. Then you now you should start a new business. And you say you gave your life to Christ. That's a joke. Prayers won't leave you alone. Look, listen, that's the, that's the true gospel so that's when God will know that you are ready to serve him. Jesus does not negotiate. Please, let's get these things clear. When God met Peter, when Jesus met Peter, what was the first thing he told him? Paul, I wanted to say. When he met Paul, the first thing he told that man, Saul, he said, now I want you to know the things you will suffer for my name's sake. That was the first discussion. It's not if you follow me, you're going to fly a private jet. I'm going to get your own boat. No, it was, now that you have seen that in my life, come, follow me. I will show you the things that you will suffer. One day I was in a church service. So the man ministering, he was saying, I will encourage the young talents in our, in our midst. You know, some young lady were singing with him and all of that. He was saying, he came to encourage young artists in Christianity. That we don't encourage them. So if we don't encourage them now, they will go to the world. They will sing Free Me. Apparently one musician that time sang a song called Free Me. This is the Reggie. He said that's how they will sing their own Free Me. That we need to encourage them so that they won't sing Free Me. I thought the person in front of me. I said, anybody who wants to go to hell is free. I'm not encouraging you at all. I told the guy, I said, who's encouraging me? Do you know how long I've been preaching? Who's encouraging me? Who's, I mean, why do we t- treat each other as if, uh, hey, please serve Jesus now, please don't hurt my feelings. Listen, my friend. <laughs> the soul that sinned, it shall die. That's the only thing I have to tell you. You think you're hungry now? Wait till you see food, worms are in your mouth, you can't eat it. You think it's hunger? Look, <laughs> when I finished preaching, Sokoto, one pastor called me. He said, Pastor, you took us to the old-time religion. Yes, that's what I preach. <laughs> old-time religion. Where we need to be watching Bunny Hair once in a while. Gather your children. Everybody watch Bunny Hair. They will be afraid to tell lies. Okay, I watched Bunny Hair when I was a little boy until I was having nightmares. 
That is, you'll be on campus. They say, come and watch Christian show. When you watch, you'll be dodging behind. That is, you're just hiding inside the hollow. You're watching like this. When you see a mom sink into lake of fire, swimming inside fire, burning, but not, it was, it's like burning bush, burning, but not getting consumed. Next I say, who wants to give your life to Christ? Just in case you go forward again. Want <laughs> <laughs> to give your life to Christ? <laughs> why, why take chances? The Lord is good. Now, what I wanted to say, so sometimes, what happens is that, you know, I, I know how I went to do that. People get stuck because God wants to clean them off of things that I, they are holding on to that are not supposed to be there. A major problem in today's Christianity is that we have exalted the devil so much that he can't recognize himself again. When Satan looks in the mirror, he says, is, that, is, is this me? You know, he's so big now. When did I become like this? All the Christians, they blame you for everything. So then the guy is so powerful. He's now flexing muscle. They are now praying. He said, pray, otherwise I'll switch off your lights. Do not pray. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the devil. He cannot switch off our lights. The devil will say, yeah, yeah. You think you are rebuking him? He's enjoying it. Attention. He said, the evangelists are going tomorrow. Hmm. Let us bind all the devils that say cars do not work. The devil is like, yes. We are getting bound. They are busy binding us. We think we are praying, but you guess what's happening? We are being distracted from what is important. Satan will look in the mirror. He can hardly recognize himself. We have so glorified him. He's bigger than he used to be. According to Geneva Vanzini, he was a serpent in Genesis. He got to Revelation, he became a dragon. Why? <laughs> he said, why? We fed him, he grew. We pumped him up, blamed him for everything. So he didn't happy with himself. I said, instead of Christians to be repenting, they are rebuking. Many of the things bothering them in life, it calls for repentance, not for rebuke. It's repentance. It's repentance. Please, you have rebuked Satan enough. The only thing Satan does in your life, let me tell you, is tempt you. Two kinds of temptations. One, he tempts you to sin. Two, he tempts you to believe a lie. Those are the two major temptations. I think you can classify almost all these temptations into those two categories. One, he tempts people to sin. There are all kinds of sins. There are sins that people will know about, but don't, it, it tells you don't forgive that fellow. It's a sin. It's tempting you to walk in unforgiveness. He tempts you. But another thing he does is to tempt people to believe lies. Pastors now gather, the, the people that promote Satan the most in this generation, they are Christians. Ministers of the gospel. They sit there a whole night and start, in fact, <laughs> was he in Kada told me when Porta caught one, he put on the TV and he caught one TV station. He said, by the time you finish watching that program, you will distrust your father, your mother. If any auntie greets you, you'll be afraid to say, yes, ma'am. If any uncle says, see me tomorrow, say, like, I don't want to see you. One day, one of my, my sister-in-law, so one of her cousins, ah, where are you now? You know, you know, long time no see. Like I come and say, ah, Reverend Okimute, long time, how are you? Where are you now? I say, where am I? You can't know where I am. <laughs> you can't know where I am. <laughs> now, in cousin, carry load, run, come out to say, I beg. I don't want to know where you are anymore, forget it. What will turn an adult to that kind of basket case is wrong preaching. That's all. Wrong preaching. 
my friend, his sister-in-law came. He lives in the U.S. Sister-in-law said he was telling the sister-in-law came to their house because she was she came the way Nigerians do came to deliver, and then the the her, that is the sister-in-law now the older sister because that's the wife's sister that's another one the older one they so came one they took her let's go and pray. <laughs> he told me he said by the time they finished praying. He said, suddenly that young woman became suspicious of everything. He said, is this deliverance or bondage that this prayer brought now? This girl boarded a plane from Nigeria. She was not afraid. She arrived in America. She was not afraid. She passed through customs. She was not afraid. Immigration, she was not afraid. She reached her sister's house. She was not afraid. Then she went to church, spent one hour with the pastor, came back. She became suspicious of everybody. So my friend said, is that bondage or deliverance? Which one of the two? Why? Because the prayer was, we come against anything uncles gave her to eat. Everything that the auntie said she should eat, that she will not deliver. We break it. We lose it. The blood of Jesus, Holy Ghost fire. The people in the village that have gathered, all the relatives, friends, pretending, the enemies, pretending to be friends. People who shake their hands, but they are not shaking it in their heart. Those who are saying good morning, but they are saying good night. You know those kind of things? You were working in confidence. Then you went for prayer meeting. You returned. Now everything is suspicious. You pick a plate of food. You rebuke. All that Jesus said you should do is give thanks. Not you. If this yam, where it came from, every Fulani husband that grazed there. (laughs) You think it's a joke? When a hotel wants to do a program, guest minister came and said, do we realize the name of this hotel is named after an idol? So I'm like, uh-huh. So he spent the first five minutes rebuking the spirit of the idol. Oh God, we have been here for days. We didn't have any problem. You are right now. So we began to pray. So I was looking at them like, are you serious? That's what I mean when I say we are the ones promoting the devil. We are his marketing agents. We are his marketing agents. We preachers. We popularize him more than we glorify God. We think we are praying, you know, we are preaching again. You know, once, go and check it. Read through the whole of the New Testament. When the apostles were going around, you hardly hear them. It was a rare thing in their mouth. When they stumbled into people possessed of the evil spirits, they cast them out. People say you rebuke the territorial spirit before you can preach. Paul never did that. Have you noticed it? Go in the Bible. Paul never rebuked any territorial spirit before he preached. He Listen, he went to Athens. There were temples, idols, altars, every corner. Yet he did not rebuke one spirit. He just saw one, he said to the unknown God. Aha. So he sat on that one. So I've come to tell you about the unknown God. That which you worship as unknown, I have come to tell you about him. But if it is us who first gather prayer warriors, this, the Athenian demon, in princip- the principality of Athens, the powers over Athens, we begin to cast it down. Come down, come down, come down. Seriously, we are the ones promoting the devil. I want you all of that to just emphasize something to us believers. Nobody, nobody, no, listen to me, no evil spirit, listen. It is a lie that one auntie said you will never marry. Have you heard that before? Go back and tell them that you've heard today that it says it's a lie. Ah, there was one girl. That one is not born again. 
Ah, she was a member of a church. Membership and being born again are two different things. And you can show them from scriptures. Many will come in the last day. Jesus will say, I never knew you. I've heard all kinds of testimonies. It doesn't move me. Woman came to me and said that you said a witch, is cannot, a witch cannot kill a Christian. I said, I said it. I'm saying it again. Say a witch killed my husband. I said, your husband was not born again. I don't mean to speak evil of the dead, but that guy did not give his life to Christ. You brought up his matter. I didn't come to your house to ask you whether your husband was born again or not. <laughs> you came to me and said he was slaughtered by a witch. For which reason I say to you boldly, he was not born again. Witches have respect. Go and read the story of Job and Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> Satan said, <laughs> Me, consider Job. Satan understood there are areas you don't go. So before he could, move, he could move back, God had to tell him, Okay, you know what I'll do? I'll move back the protection around him. I want you to go and tempt him for me. I added the word tempt for me deliberately. Because God wanted to lift Job from one level to another level. I needed him to pass through some severe testing. The man was enjoying life in, in human righteousness. Righteousness of the law. God needed to lift him up to the righteousness of faith. So he said, the first thing I will do is to destroy everything that he saw as reward for righteousness. And if you go and read Job 29, you see Job was bragging of the times when his righteousness favored him. By the time God was done with him, he said, I heard of you with the hearing of my ears. He said, now I repent in dust and in ashes. A man that said he never did anything wrong. How can a man that said he never did anything wrong be repenting in dust and in ashes? I'll tell you, because suddenly a new standard of righteousness had been set before him. That's why God needed Satan there. So listen, I, I don't know why I'm just, why am I sitting on that one? Nobody is the reason why you are where you are. Sometimes you are the reason. There are many reasons. Sometimes it's not, we are in a particular place, it's not time. God said through Isaiah, and as I will say, I've, I've spent my strength for nothing for vanity. God said, wait, I, I, I have kept you in my quiver. I made you a sharp and select arrow. Isaiah said, but he kept me in his quiver. Which means, when it is time to shoot you first, I will do it. That's why Jesus was there. 30 years doing nothing. John the Baptist built the biggest church in Israel. Jesus, that was going to be more anointed, didn't build any church. Why? His time had not yet come. So sometimes you are in a place because the time has not yet come. It happened to me those days when I was in Lagos. It's as if every good thing that's happening, we wait for me to travel before it happens. That time we were severely broke. You know the car broke? People say the country is bad now. I said, thank God you are not alive when it was bad. We were severely broke. Salary was $70 a month. Yes, if you give it in dollars. $70, $80 in a month. That's what we're earning. Who's saying why I see doctors? God made sure I couldn't even continue my little night practice where I was working in one private clinic. He made me resign. I left. Hunger, I wanted to destroy this man of God. I was certifiably broke every middle of the month. Look, if you wanted anything for me, you came, you, you had to come the first week. After that, I write your name down on the list. That is, you wait. <laughs> Guaranteed, 14th of the month, I was flat broke. So I developed one trick for survivor. First week, as long as you pay salary, you go buy food and keep. They have a saying in Yoruba land that once hunger is not part of your poverty, poverty has ended. (laughs) 
<laughs> Literally, they say, well, food is not part of your wretchedness. You're not poor. So just go and buy food. Marriage changes, touch my life. Oh. You'll be cooking, you'll be adding all kinds of things. Fry egg, put mayonnaise here, put sausage here. I just look say, now wow. <laughs> my wife used to say jokingly that I brought color into his life. It was not a joke, it was literal. All the shirts I had, had were white. Not because I loved white, but that was, no, it wasn't. A, I'm sure there's no color you have not seen me wear now. It's prosperity, I'm telling you the truth. You wear, I wear some shirts, they are gold colored. There's a time I, all the colors of the room were had as shirts. It's my wife that did that. Before that, I had only a white shirt. For the simple reason that, one, white is white. If you wear the same shirt three days in a row, it's a white shirt. If you have a hundred, they are all white shirts. It made no difference. You see, people that don't have money, they are going to be buying yellow shirts. You are the one looking for trouble. <laughs> it's your first suit, and you are buying green. You are not normal. <laughs> buying a suit for the first time, you have to be black or navy blue. Can't even be ash. Only two colors: black or navy blue. Don't if you do any other color, you're a sinner. It was when ah, my wife will look. How come all this? In fact, I didn't know after a while. And I started thinking I liked white. There's a way you can be something for a long time. <laughs> you know, recently I went to make a, you know, I went to make, make something with my tea, the guy who makes my clothes. And I just said, please find me something white. You know, I have not had white in a very long time. Can you believe that? But I'm going somewhere. So those days. You will try to do something here, the Lord will block you. Let's even find one small job to be doing in the evenings to add something to this life now. Block. So one day, there was oil spilled in Niger Delta. One of our big chiefs, I think her husband, got the job, you know, you know it's oil spill, to do verification for compensation. So they needed people who were smart, intelligent, and strong, you know, people like that. So they came to recruit everybody. And guys were going to make pepper. In the next few days, it was like a one-week job. We're going to move down to, I think, Niger Delta. They will you know, fly you down to Portacol to arrange everybody. So they came. And what will end in a month, in two months, boys made it in one week. All they needed to do was go to the, the villages where there were spills, you know. Everybody had the claim, they examined people, they had forms, just to verify, okay, where's the land? Just document. Oh, they, they gave them sharp training and took all of them down there to be verifying claims and all of that. A lot of work. For a few days, good morning. And guess what happened? They came when I traveled to go and do ministry in Adwekit. <laughs> you know that day, when I came, he said, ah, Banky, you're just coming. I said, what happened? Hey, ah, look at this person. Is he around? No. When this person, ah, he traveled. What did they go to do? There was oil spill. They've gone to do verification of uh, damages. I collapsed. <laughs> Right there, I collapsed into my chair. And I said, God, what did I do to you? <laughs> I'm not joking, no. I told the Lord immediately, what is it, self? Uh-uh. I, that day, I don't look like God. Is it faith I don't have, or you don't like the type I have? 
Honestly, that day, I was depressed. I remember very well. Immediately I sat down. The scripture was quickened to me immediately. Isaiah chapter 49. Quickly, let's just read it. Okay, let's just read it from. He said, listen to me, O islands, and pay attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named me. He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. And in the shadow of his hand, what did he do? He concealed me. He also has made me a select arrow. What did he do? He has hidden me in his quiver. Believe me, then I felt like a man whose mouth was sharp like a sword. I'm not kidding. I knew I was called anointed and blessed. A select arrow. But he has hidden me in his quiver. Look at verse 3. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will show my glory. But I answered him, verse 4. But I have told in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Say, yes, surely the justice due to me is with the Lord and my reward with my God. And now, says the Lord, who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord. And my God is my strength. He says, now what you are expecting, I'm going to do beyond that. It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob, I put the word alone, and to reserve and to restore the preserved ones of Israel only. He said, I will also make you a light to the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. He said, Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and his Holy One, to the despised one, to the one abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers. Kings will see you and arise. Princes will also bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, or the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Next line says, Thus says the Lord, In a favorable, favorable time I have answered you. In a day of salvation I have helped you. And I will keep you and give you for a covenant of the people to restore the land, to make them inherit the desolate heritages, saying to those who are bound, Go forth. And to those who are in darkness, Show yourself. Let me just stop reading here. Now, if you see, I read all of this to show you that somebody can be frustrated in life. That's why I told the whole story. This was what I, where I got my consolation from that day. That is that chapter 49. That's why that scripture stayed with me till now. The scripture is still with me. Because I understood that that's what God was saying. The problem is that you may be measuring your life by, the, by things going on around you. By the experiences of other people. Sometimes it happens. You are using the experiences of other people to measure your life. When in actual fact, God says he has a different thing that he's doing in your own life. He's taking you through different things because you are going to different places. You are getting my point here. You are going to a different place so you cannot pass through the same way somebody else is passing through. I can't say because the road between here and Abak Lake is very good. When I'm going to nature, I go on that road. I'm not going to wonder whether I'm okay. And that's something a lot of people don't understand today. They are measuring, oh, that place is good, that place is good. Are you going there? Is that the road to your own destiny? Just a, a word. When you are relocating, ask yourself, what, for what purpose? For what purpose now? You think you are just sent to this life, you know, just sent to this life, just go and eat and drink, build the house, buy a car, change it every three, four, five years. Then after that, one day when you die, reach out and say, God, I live in a good house. My cars were good. Say, so what about the assignment we gave you? 
No matter how bad the road is, if it's leading to where you are going, you pass through it. Is that not so? No matter how bad it is, if that is the road to where you are going, you keep passing through it. You don't just say, the road is bad, let's go somewhere else. No, where you are going is what is in front of you. That's the problem a lot of times. People think that, yeah, they are, look, so uh, let me not forget what I'm trying to say. So, sometimes we are in this particular spot because we need to be changed. Other times, we just need to learn to wait. We just need to learn to wait. That's what God is saying to a lot of people. The discipline to wait. Ah, that one, eh? Anyway, let me, let me not start my story. When I was in school, I started like a joke when I was on campus. Pastor Bank, Pastor Bank, Pastor Bank. Before I started ministry, I reached Enugu. In the year 2001, that was 10 years after I left school. Because some people thought I had, that I, had, I didn't know what I was doing again. It wasn't funny. That's why I told you I'll be preaching to the world. This world, you hear the gospel. When I got married, I said, at last, I have congregation now. I preached to my wife until... <laughs> Before we even married, Inko. But that day, I was joking with Pastor Courage. I said, ah, was I at your wedding? Because we were there the same year. We were there in March. I were there in, in um, was it March? Anyway, earlier on the year, we were there in December. So when I was talking to last night, I was just joking with him. Was I at your wedding? He said, you were at my wedding now. Was that not why you were preaching to your wife and she refused to listen to you because you had preached too much? She was tired of listening to you. <laughs> that was how he reminded me. <laughs> he said, you have forgotten. When you came for our tradition, you wanted to preach something to her. She, she rebelled that I don't want to hear again. Believe me. Pastor he reminded me of that day. This last week I was in Sokoto. He now became begging. I couldn't understand that. My mind, what's wrong with this young woman? I want to share the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're protesting. The Lord is good. So sometimes we need that discipline. You need that because it's hard. But what God used to help me was a dream I dreamt when I was seven. So in that dream, I remember it very well. I didn't understand it until it began to happen. And I knew that I had to be, I had to be patient and I had to wait. I never knew I would come to Enugu. So you see, that's why you have to be patient. You don't know where you're going. But when I now came to Enugu, that, and I felt a release in my spirit. I when I began to preach, started doing programs, painting tracts, rented this space here. It was just small that time. We kept on expanding, expanding it. And from here, literally, we have sent the word literally all over the world. Let's ask our fidesz pray. The Lord is good. Men ought always to pray and not get tired. We are going to focus on the kingdom. We are going to focus on the things that matter. We are going to cast away all our burdens. That is, if it's in our heart, we throw them away. If something is weighing you down, something is in your soul, troubling you all the time, God said it's, it's time to just simply throw them away. Enough of praying about them. Let's start by giving the Lord and say, Lord, we thank you. Just say, Lord, I thank you. I want you to thank God from the bottom of your heart. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for review, removing confusion out of my heart. Thank you because you are filling me all the time with the knowledge of your will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Say, Lord, I thank you because I am being filled with the knowledge of your will. I am walking in a manner worthy of you. Say, Lord, I thank you. I am pleasing you in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. I am increasing the knowledge of God. I want to thank God. I want to hear your voice. Say, just thank the Lord. Say, Lord, thank you. You are making me like Jesus Christ. You can use my own words. I thank you. You are bringing forth Christ in me. 
I thank you that I'm being perfected in holiness. I thank you because I'm walking in the righteousness of truth. I thank you because the new life of Jesus is in me. I thank you. I am being renewed. I am being renewed. I am being renewed. All things have passed away. All things have passed away. New things have been installed in my heart. I'm walking in the newness of life. I am walking the newness of life. You have made me holy. You have made me righteous. I am not a sinner anymore. I have been forgiven. I have been washed. I have been cleaned. I have been washed. Now I am clean in Christ Jesus. The blood of Jesus has washed me clean. It has removed my sorrows. It has removed my troubles. Thank you. Because Jesus paid the price. Thank you. Because I have a free conscience. Thank you. Because sin will no longer have dominion over me. I am free from the bondage of sin. Oh, my daughter was singing this afternoon. <laughs> he said, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I am no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I say it. I am no longer a slave to fear. I am not afraid of tomorrow. I'm not afraid of what destiny holds for me. I am a child of God. Lord, I thank you because you have shown me that you are perfecting everything that concerns me. My life is in your hands. Lord, I thank you because I know that you are perfecting everything that concerns me. My life is in your hands. I thank you because I have no cause for fear. I know I have no cause for worry. Not because there are not things around there that want to make me worry, but I cast my worries upon you. I cast my burdens upon you. I cast my burdens upon you because I know that you care for me. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your love. I know you are making all things work together for my good. It's important we give thanks for these things. I know you are making all things work together for my good. You are arranging my life for me. You are arranging my life for me. You are arranging the next day of my life. Yes, my duty is to fulfill the assignment for today. I thank you because I can rest knowing that somebody is in charge. God is in charge. My father is in charge. The all-sufficient one is in charge of my tomorrow. I thank you for the freedom that you have given me through this knowledge. Thank you because I've been set free. Thank you because I know I'm seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. I'm seated with Christ Jesus on the right hand of majesty. I thank you because sin is not having dominion over me. Therefore, Satan has no dominion over me. I thank you because I am free in Christ Jesus. Thank you for making me a priest. Yes, thank you. You have made me a priest of God. I can offer up holy sacrifices. I can offer up acceptable sacrifices to you. Thank you because you have counted me worthy by virtue of what Jesus did to be a priest unto you. Now I bring forth acceptable offerings. I bring forth acceptable sacrifices of thanksgiving. I worship you, Lord. I thank you. I declare God that you are my father. I thank you. I declare that God, the father of my Lord Jesus Christ, is my father also. I declare that Jesus is my Lord. I declare that Jesus is my Savior. I declare that Jesus is my Lord. I declare that I'm not my own. I am not my own. I live for the one who died for me. I live for the one who rose again for my sake. Yes, I give my life totally to him. I give my life totally to Jesus Christ. In every aspect, in every area, in every aspect, in every area, my life is in his hands. Use me as you, as you deem fit. I know there is a purpose for my life. Declare these things. 
oh, I know there's a purpose of my life. Before I was born, you knew me. Before I, while I was still in my mother's womb, you consecrated me for a purpose. Yes, you consecrated me for a purpose. Tonight I declare that that purpose will work in my life. That you will work out that purpose in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. You will lead me by your own hands into the place that you have ordained for me to be. You will lead me by your own hands. Not by my own wisdom. Not by my own understanding. But by your spirit. I was reading the other day that God said I will send Samuel. Yes, I will send Saul to you, Samuel. And Saul did not even know he was being sent, yet he went. Say, Lord, I will go in the name of Jesus. I will go to where you want me to be. I will meet my appointed Samuel. I will fulfill the assignment of God for my life. In the name of Jesus. God, my life is in your hand. You are taking care of everything that concerns me. Thank you. Because you are the God who delights in the prosperity of a servant. Lord, I thank you. I know I can just rest. I can rest. I can rest. You are, you, are, you are perfecting everything that concerns me. So I can rest. I'm, I'm resting. I'm casting all my burdens upon you. Lord, I declare that I will not worry about anything. I will not worry about anything. I'm not even bringing anything to you in prayer. I say, God, do this, do this, do this. I know the way you take care of the birds of the air. The way you dress the lilies of the field. That's how you are watching carefully over me. I will not slander your name by worrying. I will not insult your personality by worrying. No, I will not. I rest in faith. I rest in faith as a priest of God. Give thanks for that. Give for thanks in your own words. Once again, thank God for forgiveness of sin. It's very important. Just say, Lord, thank you for my sins are forgiven. I'm not going to try and pay back my sins. You have paid them. You have taken it upon yourself to pay all my debts. Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness of sins. Declare it again. I'm washed. I am clean. I'm washed. I am clean because of the work of the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Now, we will take a number of prayer points again, but let's just finish praying for ourselves. You know, like I said at the beginning, we are going to do something. I want everybody to pray. You know, like David said, open my eyes, O Lord, that I may behold wonderful things out of thy law. It's a kind of prayer that Christians should pray for themselves all the time. Sometimes we are bothered about something. I said that earlier. I want us to take a minute and pray. Remember, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things will be what? Added. I said, the first place the kingdom of God is birthed is where? In our hearts. Are you getting my point? And what is that kingdom of God? Christ-likeness. That's what it is. That's what it is. Sometimes God is using things to call our attention. You understand? So you are going to pray. Say, Lord, let me not be deaf to your instruction. It's a very simple prayer. Say, Lord, I open my ears. I ask you, open my ears. So that I will know the instruction you are giving me in this season. I am tired of rebuking the devil. I want to hear the voice of the Spirit. That's it. Lord, make your word clear to me. As you have promised. Your eyes will see your teacher. Say, Lord, make your word clear to me. That's the promise of God. He said your teacher will not be hidden from you anymore. Say, Lord, make your instructions clear to me. Whatever be the reason 
where I'm in a particular spot. Make your instruction, Lord, clear to me. As you have promised. He said, your ear will hear a word behind you. Saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the left or the right. He said, your teacher will no longer hide himself from you. Your eyes will behold your teacher. Say, Lord, this is your word concerning me. This is your word concerning me. This is your word concerning me. Can you just pause for a moment? I like, like, I would like to read that scripture out. It's Isaiah chapter thirty, verse nineteen. Okay, if you want, you can open your Bible. If you, in fact, let's read it, let's all read it together. Jesus says, "Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and some other things that are important will be added to you." Amen. <laughs> Is that what He said? What did He say? All, all other things will be added. God doesn't like his children running after things. So they should run after the kingdom. They should run after his righteousness. Every other thing will be added, not some. Every other thing will be added. So if anything is not being added, what you need to do is say, Lord, what kingdom am I supposed to be seeking? That's what we're praying about. In what area am I supposed to be changing? Let my ears behold the instruction. Let's read it together. Verse 19. I'll read it and we'll read it together. I'm going to read from verse 19 to verse um, 21. He said, Oh, people in Zion, inhabitant of Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. He said, When he hears it, he will answer you. Although the Lord has given you the bread of privation and the water of oppression, he said, He, your teacher, will no longer hide himself. But your eyes will behold your teacher. Your ears will hear a word behind you. What does that word say? This is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the left or to the right, that is the instruction of God. That is the word of God concerning you. Say amen if you believe that. Now I want all of us to read it together now. Verses 19 to 21. One to let's go. O people of Zion, inhabitants of Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. Although the Lord has given you the bread of privation and the water of oppression, he, your teacher, will no longer hide himself. But your eyes will behold your teacher. Your ears will hold the word behind you, saying, This is the way, walk in it, whenever you turn to the right or to the left. Now that is the foundation of our prayer. Like I said before, prayer is only effective when faith is birthed by the entrance of the word. Mm-hmm. Now this is what is the foundation for this prayer we are praying. So we pray, now you're praying for yourself. The kingdom of God inside you. Say, Lord, my ears will behold your instructions. Amen. My ears will hear your instructions. My eyes will behold you. Begin to pray. Say, Lord, my eyes will behold you. My ears will hear instruction. Whatever be the thing you want me to know in this season, whatever be the reason why something that is important is not added to me, Lord, I will hear the instruction in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I will not be stubborn. Search my heart. Remove stubbornness in the name of Jesus. Correct me, Lord, gently. Rebuke me, Lord, firmly in the name of Jesus. Lord, I will not be stubborn. I will heed instruction. 
I declare by the voice of the Spirit that I will hear instruction. I will not be stubborn. Lord, I renounce pride. I renounce arrogance. I renounce pride that wants to stick to his own way. In the name of Jesus, I receive instruction. In the name of Jesus, I receive instruction. Say, open my eyes, O Lord. Let me behold wonderful things from your word. In my marriage, in my family, in my work, in my spiritual work, in my ministry, in every aspect, there is something I don't know. I open my heart, O Lord, today. Now, I want everybody to focus on something. The Holy Spirit will be provoking something in your heart. Say, Lord, I receive instruction against stagnation. I receive instruction against disobedience. I receive instruction so that I can please the Lord in my business. I receive instruction so I can please the Lord in my ministry. I receive instruction in the name of Jesus Christ. I receive instruction. 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 My heart is open. Lead me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Say, Lord, lead me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. There's a way I'm relating with people in my office. Lord, lead me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. There is a way I talk when I'm talking with my husband. Lord, lead me in the path of righteousness in that area. There's a way I treat my wife, Lord. There's a way I treat my children that is not up to your standard. Lift me up to your standard by giving me instruction. Today, Lord, I receive instruction. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me this day my daily bread. That bread is a word from heaven. A word with which I will move into the next day. I receive that bread the bread that came down from heaven. I receive it. The instruction of God for my life. Let's give thanks. He has heard you. Let's give thanks. He has heard us. Give him thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for instruction. I thank you for understanding. My heart loves instruction. My heart loves correction from you. Thank you. Say, thank you for teaching me that which I do not know. If I have done iniquity, I will not do it anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I want us to pray also. We have been praying earlier. I just want to pray it again. You know, we said the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's our focus. The kingdom starts inside us. That's why we're praying the way we prayed. Now, I want us to pray again for the kingdom of God on the earth. I said God did something deliberately. He numbered, and this is a matter of fact. He's, he said he has, you know, he has chosen the boundary of the nations according to the number of the people of Israel. The way the scripture goes, you understand? I wanted to know, when he built Nigeria, people say, Lord, Lugard and his girlfriend. That is a fat lie. It's a fat lie. When you're a ruler, you don't have a choice in some things. The heart of the king. Are you getting my point? When people are obeying God, they obey God for different reasons. Some would not be blessed for it because they didn't know it was obedience, but they had to obey anyway. Are you getting my point here? Yes, like I was saying, Saul, 
God said to Samuel, I will send the man I have chosen. And nobody discussed with Saul. What happened? Donkey got missing. Donkey got missing. Donkeys got missing. Saul's father, Kish, decided that Saul and the servant should go and look for the donkey. They couldn't find the donkey. In that uh, interval, they strayed into where they were close to Samuel. They said, let's go back home. We didn't find the donkey. The servant said, there's a seer around here. Meanwhile, all of this thing, God had told Samuel that I'm sending the person I chose to you. So Lord Lugar was obeying the word of God. Are you getting my point? Yes. Is it Flora Shaw? That is the, the name that God ordained. She was writing it. Why? It is simple. So that we can say the church in Nigeria. That's the reason. No, I'm convinced of what I'm say, of say, I've said. The primary reason is that God wants to say the church in Nigeria. Because he calls these churches by their geographical location. So he wants to say the church in Nigeria. And he's saying it. And nobody should say otherwise. Amen. Let him not wound your mouth. Too. Are you getting my point? I know what I'm saying. That's what he is saying. So we will pray for the church in Nigeria. And if anybody is listening to this, you will pray for the church in whichever country that you are in. God recognizes that. Are you getting my point? He said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Let, may they prosper that love you. That's why I said, listen, prosperity is not in looking for prosperity. Prosperity is not in looking for it. It is in loving the right things. Are you getting my point? When the church progresses, it excites you, you will prosper. As a matter of fact. As a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, that's another thing you said the other day is very important. You said you told that young man who's doing comedy. You gave him two instructions. What are the instructions again? He said, don't use the church to joke. No people like to mock churches. God will punish some people. If you're a comedian, you know, let me just, just in life, all right? Be careful. There are some things that are holy. God doesn't want you to joke with them. There are some things that he considers sacred. You don't make mockery of holy things. That's why, you know, one day I realized that sometime last year. I told my wife then, if you, if you make jokes that mock marriage, I don't laugh. If it's funny, I'll try my best to hate it. I, I want to laugh. Don't laugh. It's a holy thing. They are mocking holy things. They are, you know, there are things, you know, once you just see them, you keep off. I told you the story of one young man who told his father, you are beating me because you are old. You are bigger than me. That when I'm old, and I'm big, I will beat you back. As he said this, his friends started beating him. Did you hear what I said? His own friends pounced on him. He said, what did you say? They didn't find it funny. They didn't laugh. They pounced on the boy and beat him well. Boys in the neighborhood. He said, what did you say? They pounced on him and kicked him seriously. That there are things you don't say jokingly. Even if you were joking, you don't say it. I told you brother, told me the story. I said, God bless those boys. <laughs> For recognizing holy things. Alright? So it's good. What you told that comedian? Don't, you know, be making mockery of church all the time. It's not good. It's a holy thing as far as God is concerned. He said the lost portion is his people. You, are you getting my point? Of all the things on the earth, that's one God calls, this is my own special one. That is in everything. What is God looking for? His people. The lost portion. You don't joke with it. That's why we should pray for the body of Christ. And listen, we'll continue to pray. We'll continue to pray. Are you getting my point? He said, there's one promise he gave. He said, I will give, let's open that. Jeremiah chapter 3. We're going to use that one to pray again today. Let me start from verse 14. Where I want is verse um, 15. 
It said, Return, O faithless sons, declares the Lord. For I am a master to you, and I will give, I will take you from, I will take you one from a city, and two from a family, and I will bring you to Zion. Now this is what he's going to do for you in Zion. If you are in Zion, give me an amen. amen. If Zion is in Nigeria, give me an amen. amen. If the Israel of God is in this nation, give me an amen. amen. If the Israel of God is in this nation and you are sure, give me an amen. amen. Listen, there's, this, there's the Israel of God. That's what we are praying for. He said, then I will give you shepherds or pastors after my own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. They don't feed you on visitation. They don't feed you on business connection. They don't feed you with rice. I stumbled into it yesterday on TV. <laughs> don't ask what I was looking for. I was okay with this friend there in this church. Some people, you know, if there was no hellfire, God would create it. <laughs> the way some people behave, they said <laughs> refugees from, uh, no, deportees from Libya. Nigerian, the Nigerians deported from Libya. Or is it returnees or deportees? What do they call them? Okay, some say deportees, some say returnees, but they came back home from Libya. <laughs> All of them, they are arranged inside their church, one big church in somewhere in Lagos. Everybody dancing in front of one bag of rice each. And then they hold, held one fat envelope like this. And they wrote boldly on the envelope, 50,000 naira. Boldly. And they're dancing for the camera. And they say, it's a man of God. I say, something's wrong with your head, not me. <laughs> Don't ask what I was looking for. I, I was just switching channel last night. I stumbled into it. I said, yeah, I've seen preaching topic. <laughs> the Lord is good. I, I mean, anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> well, so they, it's not they will feed you with rice and charity money. No. They will feed you with what? Knowledge and understanding. That is how the people of God grow. That is how they are established. That is how they are no longer tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That is how it works. That is why we should always pray. That's the scripture. That's, one, that's our foundation for faith. So let's declare to the Lord again that individually, use your own words, say, Lord, I love your body. I love the Jerusalem of God. I love the Israel of God. I love the Israel of God. The church in this nation, you are blessed. I call you blessed. I call you blessed. No matter which denomination people are grouped under, I call you blessed. Once they are true believers in the Lord Jesus, I declare the blessing of God upon them. I declare peace upon them. Let peace be upon Jerusalem. In the name of Jesus, the Jerusalem of God, the Israel of God in this nation, in the Israel of God in this continent, the Israel of God all over the world, we declare the peace of God upon you in the name of Jesus. You will prosper. You will prosper. Let prosperity be within your palaces in the name of Jesus. Let prosperity be within you in the name of Jesus. The foundation for prosperity is the true knowledge of God. Now begin to pray. Say, Lord, as you have promised, send pastors after your heart. Send teachers, shepherds after your heart. Ministers of truth into your body. Shake them off from wherever they are, as you have promised. Those who will feed the church with knowledge and with understanding, we ask of you, let there be a revival of truth of the, in the church in Nigeria, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let there be a revival of truth 
in the church in Nigeria and the nation that I am in, in this continent, Lord, let truth begin to move. Say, guard your sword upon your thigh, O Holy One, and your majesty and your splendor. Ride on prosperously because of truth and let your right hand do awesome things in the name of Jesus. Let your ministers be full of faith. Let them be full of boldness. That's how the church prayed. So that they will mention the name of Jesus without fear. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father God. Fill us. Feed us with your truth. Send your ministers. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest. That he will send laborers into the harvest. Let us pray. Say, Lord, we pray you, the Lord of the harvest. Send laborers into this work. In the name of Jesus. There's a lot of work to do in your body. Father God, wherever they are hiding, the people that you have anointed, call them, release them, call them, equip them, release them in the name of Jesus. Call them, equip them, and release them in the name of Jesus. Anoint them, Lord, afresh. Anoint them with ability. Their sufficiency will be of you. Lord, fill them with the spirit of boldness. Give them understanding in your word. Let them be ministers, the prophets of the inner circle. They will hear your word and declare it to your people. We desire people who are trained by you to be released into this nation in the name of Jesus. Everybody begin to yield yourself again. Say, Lord, I yield myself as a minister of the new covenant. I yield myself or as a minister. Now, it doesn't matter whether you know much or you don't. Just yield yourself to him right now. Say, I yield myself as a minister of truth. I yield myself as a minister of the new covenant. I yield myself as a minister of the new covenant in the name of Jesus. Through my mouth, Lord, you will speak into this church. And this church will speak into this nation in the name of Jesus. I yield myself. Oh, Lord, I yield myself. Oh, as a body of people, Lord, we yield ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we yield ourselves. Father, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's under prayer, I want us to pray for the body of Christ. You know what Paul said? He said, desire spiritual gifts. Like the way Kenegi said it once. Kenegi was explaining something. That letter was written to a church. Now, what he was trying to explain is this. He was trying to de-emphasize the personal desire, but put emphasis on the corporate desire. Are you getting my point? He said, because the Spirit gives as he wishes. You understand? But he was trying to emphasize that as a church, we should desire spiritual gifts. Are you getting my point? Yeah, that we should. And really, Christians should understand, spiritual things are real. There are a lot of clowns. There's one that's raining now. Tell, they, I don't know what they... I, I know I stumbled onto them once in a while. I'm looking for Christian talent to watch. That one. I, I know something. Whether it's Major 1, Colonel 2, Brigadier 3, whatever it is. They have the same pattern of ministration. And one day, one of our brothers in Nigeria, I saw he had started that pattern of ministration. I was worried. I, did, I, like, I was concerned. What is going on? All they ever do is tell you stories about your life. Have you noticed that? Yeah, they just say, it's okay. Hmm... I see, I see white sheets. White sheets say, oh yes, I work in the hospital. Yes, 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 yes. Hospital. At the end of the day, when they finish telling you the story, you now wonder, what is it? I I see that a lot. I see it a lot. It's a lot, and most of those manifestations, they are fake. You hear what I said? 
Most of them are fake. But it doesn't mean they are no real things. In fact, when you see fake, they must be original. I've been looking at money for a long time. I've never seen fake 250 naira note. Have you ever seen it? You see fake dollar and it's $15 note. Or $120 note. You don't find that. All the fake currencies I've handled have been fake 1,000 naira, fake 500 naira, and fake 200 naira. Things like that. Why? Because the genuine exists. So when you see fake, don't be alarmed. But we need the genuine. Somebody say amen. Amen. We need the genuine. Somebody say amen. Amen. So because Paul wrote to us by the Holy Spirit that we should covet earnestly spiritual gifts. So let us pray. Say, Lord, let there be a release of spiritual gifts into your church in this nation again. Say a simple prayer. Say, Lord, let there be a release. Release. Let at the name of Jesus, miracles be done. That's it. Say, Lord, let miracles be done at the name of Jesus. When that name is mentioned again, do wonders. When your children, when your people mention that name, Lord, do miracles. In the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, let there be a release afresh of your power in this nation. Let there be a release of your power. Gifts of healings. Walking of miracles. Gifts of faith. All kinds of spiritual manifestations that will glorify Jesus. That's it. That will glorify Jesus. Say, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, let there be a release, a revival of real manifestation of spiritual power. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Prophecies. Gifts of healings. Descending of spirits. Walking of miracles. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Lord, every form of spiritual power. Gifts of the spirit. Let it be manifested again. Let your church be known as the place where the power of God is tangibly manifested. In the name of Jesus. There are people who go around staging miracles to embarrass Jesus, to embarrass the body of Christ, to make money for themselves. I want you to pray, say, Lord, such people, clear them out of the way. Yes, clear them out of the way. It's enough of that nonsense. Enough of that nonsense. Enough of that nonsense. Enough of that nonsense. So, Lord, clear them out of the way. Lord, take them off TV. Just remove them. Replace them, however. With the manifestation of truth. Lift truth up. Lift the genuine work of the Spirit up, Lord, in our nation. We yield our hearts again. Say, Lord, revive us afresh. Revive us afresh. In the name of Jesus, revive us afresh. Let's begin to give thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you because we know you have heard us. Give thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. I just need you clearly, let's pray this. Say, Lord, every wall of division in the body of Christ in Nigeria, we, we break it down in the name of Jesus. Amen. Say, Lord, send your angels down, break them down in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We reject division. Amen. Say, we reject division. reject division. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. There is one body. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one spirit. There is one hope. There is one calling. Say there is one father who is over all and who is in all. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because of this, we reject division. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, when you find out that Boko Haram went to north, uh, the northeast or northwest, northeast, and destroyed the whole place, they don't have the power. It is we that broke things down. Are you getting my point? Yes. If the church was united and believing in the spirit, believing in the work of God, walking in righteousness and holiness, that spirit would have been pushed back into the desert. And listen to me. If the church in the rest of the country, you know, what happens that, what, there's something that God used to say. He said, faithless Judah is behaving like this brother, sister, faithless Israel. He said, after everything I did to faithless Israel, faithless Judah did not even take instruction. Are you getting my point? Yes, that's one mistake churches make. And that is why I'm getting angry again. It gives this magnification and glorification of Satan. Instead of us to be repenting, we'll be blaming the devil. When we do that, the problem is that we will not take instruction. We will not ask what happened. We'll be saying, how come they are so powerful? Let's pray. Let us fast that they will die. Instead of us to settle down and say, Lord, what happened? I am telling you, these are the things that happened. One, people stopped walking in, 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 in unity. They stopped walking in righteousness. They stopped walking in holiness. They stopped believing in the genuine power of God. And for that reason, their enemies were empowered and they were wiped out. Are you getting my point? It is important. That is why we pray it again. Let's pray. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in, the name of Jesus. in this country. In, this country. in the church in this, nation, in this church, in this nation. We declare that there is one body. There is one Lord. There is one hope. There is one spirit. There is one hope of our calling. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say, there is one Father. There is one Father. Who is over all. And who is in all. In the name of Jesus Christ. Say, there is one body. There is one spirit. There is one hope of our calling. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. And there is one God. Who is the father of all. And is over all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's thank God because the walls of division are broken. Begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. You are breaking the wall of division in the body of Christ. Denominational division is not the will of God. We can gather in different halls, different assemblies, but the spirit of division is not the will of God. It's not the will of God. Say, Lord, we break down that wall. Therefore, the people of God, we break down that wall in the name of Jesus Christ. Father God, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. As we close, let's, let's, you know, we've made, we, we, our focus has been on the body of Christ, but there's something that Paul said we should do. He actually said, first of all, you understand, let entreaties, prayers, supplications, you know, thanksgiving be made for all men, for kings and those who are in authority. What is the purpose? So that we can lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. Before God, who wants everyone to be saved? I said before, the reason why God wants us to live in peace 
It is not so that we can travel and carry the whole family. <laughs> you know, when people have eaten and they are full, they come up with all kinds of things. You know, I just felt that I needed to rest. So my wife and I took the children and walked over to Dubai to go and rest. In my mind, Ogada has no rest. It's a walk. You cannot carry four children and tell me you went to rest. I know the way children are. Am I lying? When I want to rest, I export my children to Dubai. Not really Dubai, just beneath here they go. <laughs> when, I'm at, when, I'm at, when I'm at home, oh God, rest. You will rest very well. So sometimes they will just when we are eating and we are full, come up with all kinds of all kinds of ideas. The reason why God prospers us is not so that we can be chopping large. It's so that we can preach the gospel. That is why every Christian, your money must be preaching the gospel. I'm not here to raise offering, you know me. If I want to raise offering, I will raise it too. I'm not saying I'm afraid. I'm not afraid. If I wanted to give money, I would say, yeah, go home and go and bring money and give. And I'm not promising you anything. Is that promise as the sin in it? Because stop lying. Nothing wrong with commanding people to be generous. Uh-huh. But the truth is that every Christian, your money must be preaching the gospel. Are you getting my point? Yes, sir. Your prosperity must be preaching the gospel. That's why God gave it to you. I'm not, you know, people say, you know, Daddy Free said that if you want to give to Jesus, you give to the smallest. Uh-huh. I said, you don't read the whole Bible. You don't read the whole Bible. When they sent to Paul, what did he read the Philippians? He said, what you have sent, which was supposed to help him in his ministry work, was a sacrifice, an acceptable sacrifice. Daddy Free reads half of the Bible telling me stories. There are different ways you give to God. There are different ways. Giving to the poor is one way. But there are times you take an alabaster box of pure nard, worth a whole year's working man's salary, and you pour it on the Lord Jesus. There are times you do that. Don't give such to the poor. You give it to the Lord Jesus. You give, <laughs> you give crumbs. Yeah, it's true. What he was saying, you know, you know, I found out something. You know, when he poured that in on the, the head of Jesus, he was crucified shortly after that. He smelled nice throughout his crucifixion. Into the tomb, he was smelling nice. I said, Kai, see the way God works. An acceptable sacrifice, sweet smelling, was literally fulfilled. Because Jesus said she has done this thing in preparation for what? My burial. As they were whipping him, they were smelling something nice. The day I read it, I said, God, the way he works. The way he works. People say, ah, the under one was careful. Poured it on his head. Then dripped down onto his skin. So they removed his cloth. It was still on his body. It was put on his head. And he told them, look, you guys don't understand. This is preparation for sacrifice. He was a sweet smell. Oh, Father. Oh, if you say as God plans it, you go respect to. The day I read that thing, I said, what? To this detail? All those guys that were crucifying him, the, the air was filled with fragrance. There are times people do that. It was on the body. That's why she, she put it on who? On what? The body of Christ was where she put it. Every Christian, your money must be poured. On the body. Advancing the gospel. He said, but I don't have too much. You can do little things like, and they just came to me. I was telling Pharisees today, these are our magazines, you understand? We print them in thousands. I said, look, 
I want them, I just had the idea today. Early this morning, I just sent him a message. Make sure it goes regularly to at least 30 campuses. 30. We'll print enough. Right now, we'll do 5,000 copies. Making it 10,000 is not a big deal. So that each campus gets between 100 and 300 copies. And then circulate it. Somebody can say, well, I don't have too much money, but I know somebody in one campus somewhere. I will make sure my money transports it. So anytime, <laughs> I'll come and say, ah, Reverend Felix, good afternoon, sir. Where's my bundle? 200. I don't have too much. Just go to the taxi park. I beg, you are going to so and so and so place. Let me give to this person. I call him. I pay 2,000 naira for that transport. What am I trying to do? Just saying that my money must preach the gospel. There are different ways, but listen, every Christian, your money must preach the gospel. Oh, your money must preach the gospel. Listen, listen to me. If you don't have enough, you will fast. I don't mean spiritual fast. It's just to save money. Yeah, it's true. You know, people, sometimes they say, can I borrow to, to give? I always tell people, say, you know, before I used to say, no, you know, it's accepted according to what the man has. There's something I don't say anymore. That's people are still correct. But I always say, that your shirt. Did you borrow, did you pay it instrumentally? The answer is yes. The same way you bought the shirt, take and give offering. Ah, is, is, is it a lie? Hey, okay, you want to buy a car. You walk, ah, the cooperative in my office, you go there, please. They will, they will just write you a check. Go and meet them. Two million naira. They will be collecting it from you over a particular period of time. If I tell you I borrowed two million naira to roof my house, you will say, yes, it's good. You know, it's an achievement. And you think it's good. But if I tell you I borrowed two million naira now to use to sponsor gospel somewhere, you say, ah, why are you borrowing? It's according to what a man has. Is that not hypocrisy? It's hypocrisy. We don't believe the truth. I mean, if you don't have car, now you go and borrow and be paying uh, access banks more small. Access Bank is always sending me text messages every day. How to collect free, free loan. <laughs> and they want to say, this thing is not free. You are wicked. Why are you? <laughs> Most wicked people in the world are bankers. I don't mean the bankers. I mean the bank themselves. All the bankers are looking at me now. Very wicked people. The, the bank lends your umbrella when there's no rain. As soon as the rain starts, they collect it back. <laughs> That's what Henry Ford said. I'm not the one that said it to. The Lord is good. But people can easily collect money. You understand? To buy something for themselves. And it's worth it. But you collect the same money and say, no, the gospel must move. They say it's acceptable according to what I have. I've been finding, look, I found it like, listen, that God has been blessing us. Now, mercy. If he dealt with us according to the multitudes of our iniquities, we for done die, honestly. <laughs> the Lord is good. Let's pray for the country for that purpose. Election is coming again next year. Let's just declare the word of God. You understand? Say, Lord, we ask you for mercy of, of, upon this country. Ask and say, Lord, grant us peace again. Grant us prosperity. We dedicate the peace and the prosperity to the anointing of the body of Jesus. You understand what I mean by that now? Lord, we dedicate our peace and our prosperity to the anointing of the body of Jesus Christ. Say, Lord, his gospel will advance in this country in the name of Jesus. But give us peace. We ask you for peace. Lord, we ask you for peace. We ask you for peace. Let there be peace. Throughout the election, let there be peace. Lord, give wisdom to our rulers that they will ensure there is peace and there is prosperity. We pray for our president. Lord, give him wisdom to do your will so that peace and prosperity, so that we can live a quiet and peaceable, prosperous life in all godliness. This is why it will be our portion. We ask for that in the name of Jesus. 
and we receive it by faith. We thank you for it. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Lord, we rebuke by your power the spirit of violence in the name of Jesus. Lord, the troubles on the roads, on the highways, in the air, on the sea. Lord, let there be quietness. We speak to those areas by your authority. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. As a people, we dedicate ourselves again to use the peace to advance the cause of Christ. It's important that we pray that prayer. Say, Lord, as a people, we dedicate ourselves again to using the peace that you are giving us to advance the cause of Christ. To use the peace that you are giving us, Lord, to advance the cause of Christ in this nation. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let's pray for the next 2018's election, 2019. They are warming up already. That one is simple now. You know what? You know how you do things? You just lift up the name of God. That's all. I want us to lift God's name up over our election in Nigeria. There will be peace throughout all of it in Jesus' name. Amen. There will be peace throughout every portion of it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Open your Bibles quickly. I want us to read something. The name of God. Daniel chapter 4. We can read verse 17. Just a line there that I want us to read. Let's just read that verse 17. Just a few lines. I'll show us where to read. We just want to lift up the name of God over the nation. All right? Over everything that will happen in the course of it. You know, let me read the whole thing. I'll show us where we read. This was when the vision came and the angelic watchers made their pronouncement. He said, this sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers. And the decision is a command of the Holy Ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows on it whom he wishes and sets over it the lowliest of men. What that means is sim- in simple terms is that God appoints rulers. Amen? Amen? Even Pharaoh was appointed by God. For this cause I have raised you up that I may show my glory in you. He was appointed by God. So we are seeing in Nigeria again, your local government chairman, my local government chairman will be appointed by God. Amen. We are just declaring it. There's nothing else that will happen. That's the declaration. The prayer we have prayed that he will appoint good people. That's the prayer we can pray. But that he will appoint, nobody else can appoint. He's the only one that can appoint. Nobody else has the power. When they say, when Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. That song is very good. You know, there are some songs that just sound so normal. All this, all the high-tech songs, they're not very spiritual. The real songs, when Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. That song is deep. Very, very deep. As a matter of fact, he's the one that appoints rulers. And he's appointing the one in our country. Amen. We have just begged him, appoint a good one. Amen. That's all we can say. Lord, appoint a good one for us. Amen. Appoint good ones for the legislative houses. Appoint good governors for us. When in a good state, Lord, appoint us a good governor. In the name of Jesus Christ. But this is his name. Let's read it together. Read after me. Say, the most high is ruler over the realm of Nigeria and bestows it on whom he wishes and sets upon it the lowliest of men. It is his decision. It is his decision. And, we it. and we accept it. In the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Lord, we call you ruler. Lord, we call you ruler. 
over this nation. Lord, we call you ruler over this state. Lord, we call you ruler over this local government. In the name of Jesus Christ. Reign, Lord Jesus. Say, reign, Lord Jesus. You are the Prince of Peace. Let us experience your peace. Let's give him thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. Thank him for today. Thank him for today. He has heard you. Thank him. Thank him for everything. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Let's give him thanks. Father, we thank you for today. If you love Zion, say amen. Amen. If you love the Israel of God, say amen. Amen. If the prosperity of Jerusalem makes you happy, give me an amen. Amen. Okay, so I say to you, you too, you will prosper. Amen. Your family will prosper. Amen. Your business will prosper. Amen. Peace upon your home. Amen. Peace upon your children. Amen. In everything that you put your hands to do, grace will come upon it. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. What you have not asked for, you will receive. As a blessing from your Father God. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And when it comes, it will bless you. It will Amen. make you happy. Amen. You will wonder, say, who begat me all these children? Amen. When God blesses people, sometimes they will wonder. Yeah, that's how it is. It's not everything I begin to declare. It's, that's first level blessing. The kind of blessing that you will see and you will be wondering. That is a type that will come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> you know, there are, there are some alas you will receive. You will pray that I, I refuse to believe it so that when they re- reverse it, I will not be disappointed. <laughs> These bankers, they can oh, oh, raise your hope for nothing. Then they just say reverse that. Ah, ah. So you have not learned to do. You just see a lot. Say this morning, it's not my level. It's a mistake. Now this is the word of the Lord for somebody. There will be no reversal. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, God will bless somebody and it will surprise you. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil. Because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless somebody beside you. Three people actually. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus. Two more people.